Let me just say something. I bring into this place today good news. I'm a carrier, not a COVID-19, but I am a carrier of good news. Let me tell you what's happened in the past month. Can I just, some of you will know this as I begin to share this with you, but you, let me just tell you what's been going on in our world uh, right here in the United States in the past month. There was about a month ago, a few weeks ago, that Franklin Graham called the body of Christ to come to Washington, D.C., or to view online an event that he was calling the body of Christ to repent before God. That went on for two or three days there in Washington, D.C., and I was involved online, as many, some of you may have been, and it was an awesome time of just repenting before the Lord. Well, last weekend, there was another call for the body of Christ to come to Washington, D.C. This time, it was a worship weekend. And I'm telling you, it was awesome. It reminded me of the old Jesus movement. If you're old enough to remember that, it was like the old Jesus movement. And people were worshiping the Lord, excited about Jesus. But there was worship going on right in Washington, D.C. And this weekend, right now, it's happening at this very moment. There's an event going on in Washington, D.C. for the body of Christ, and it's warfare. It's a prophetic conference right in the streets of Washington. I watched it last night as Mario Morella preached the gospel, gave an invitation. Hundreds of people answered the call to come to Christ last night. So we've had a time of repentance. We've had a time of worship. And this weekend, it's a time of warfare. Right before the upcoming election. Wow. God, I believe, said Chronicles 7 14 has come true. The people of God humble themselves and they're praying. They're seeking His face. They're turning from their wicked ways. And God is hearing from heaven. He's going to forgive us of our sin and bring healing to this land. And if you've not yet voted, I do encourage you to vote. Get your Bible out. This is your platform right here. I'm not standing on a Republican platform, a Democratic platform, Libertarian platform. I'm standing on a biblical platform. Read your Bible. Go vote. It's important to do that. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm a Biblican. That's what I am. I believe the Word of God. Amen? And that is good news. So all I have is good news. You want bad news, go somewhere else. I've just got good news for you. You that are watching, there's some good news as you sit at home. Some of you may be a little, still a little skittish about getting out. Uh, let me just tell you, God is good. God is in control, and He's got this. I'm going to preach a message today that I've just entitled, Mysteries, Maybes, and Must." Mysteries, maybes, and must. Let me just say something to Pastor Chris. I know today he is preaching for one of our churches in Rogers, Arkansas. He's preaching for Stephen Sexton at the house. I'm so glad he's doing that. I appreciate Pastor Chris and Nancy, what they're doing here at Arise Church, how God is moving this church forward. I pray for this church daily. Pray for Pastor Chris and Pastor Lucky and the entire team here as you seek to move forward and be an influence in this community, which we have been for uh, over 33 years, and we continue to do that. And grateful that Pastor Chris 
took the baton, and he's running his race right now. And I'm excited about that and glad to see what God is doing right here in this place. I'm glad to be a part of it. Glad to come back from time to time and share the Word of God with you. So let's get into the Word of God. But let me just say, what a year we've had. 2020. Everybody's going to remember 2020. We're only 61 days till we move into 2021. Nobody had expected what happened this year to happen. Uh, We had an outbreak, a pandemic that hit our nation. Boy, what a mysterious year it's been. Uh, This pandemic, this COVID-19 has been mysterious, and it still is a little mysterious. Scientists are still trying to figure it all out. And then there was an injustice done on our streets, which led to riots and unrest on our streets. Wow, what a year we've had. Uh, Antifa has uh, increased its numbers, and anarchy has set out in uh, many cities in our nations around the world. And cities are being burned, and uh, unrest is everywhere. And I just sit back and say, Lord, what are you doing? It has been truly a mystery. There have been hurricanes, there have been tornadoes, there have been earthquakes. Just recently, this past week, there was an earthquake in Turkey, 7.0 earthquake. There have been threats of tsunamis. What a mysterious year we've been living in. Mysterious to us as we live it out in real time. But God is looking down from heaven. And if we get in a heaven's eye view, we would hear God say, it's going to be okay. I've got this thing under control. There's some things I needed to do on earth, and creation itself is going through a nervous breakdown. Creation, it says it's going to shake, and everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And to us, it seems like it's a mystery, but to God, everything's under control. Mysteries, maybes, and musts. Mysteries. Now, let me show you how deep theologically I can get. Okay, get ready. I'm going to go deep. I was thinking about mysteries in the world we live in. Here's something that was mysterious to me. always has been. Why would God allow flies to get on the ark? It's a mystery to me. I thought about why. They're just pesty. They just bother us at picnics and sometimes get in the house and they won't leave us alone. They were so bad that somebody created one of the greatest inventions of all time, the fly swatter. You don't have to plug it in. You just have to lift it up and and it works. But it's, it's a mystery to me. Why would God allow? And then I did a little research. Uh and I'm not going to read it all to you, but here's my research, three pages of research, about the fly and how important the fly is. You know, the fly pollinates plants that bees will not pollinate. Some of these plants put out an odor that bees are not attracted to. It has no nectar. It just stinks. But you know flies, they don't care what it smells like. They'll land on anything. They'll plant their seeds, their larvae, in dead animals. 
so their little babies will have something to eat when they come out. That's flies. And flies pollinate certain plants that we need in the world we live in. Flies are food for other little creatures. You've seen the videos of frogs that stick out that long time and grab a fly in the air. They're food for other creatures. And they, they help in decomposition of uh, animals and plants. And they decompose and they just help that process along, which helps our ecosystem. So guess what? God says, I know you're not going to like them, but you're going to need them. Flies. So mystery solved. That mystery particularly is solved. As I read my Bible, I read sometimes scriptures that are mysteries to me. Stories that are mysteries to me. Do you realize, Job, how much did Job think what was going on in his life was a mystery? As we look back on it, we've got 2020 hindsight. We can see what God was doing. But Job was living in real time. He did not understand, why am I going through what I'm going through? Why am I going through the loss of my children, the loss of my farm, the loss of my health? And lo and behold, God left Job's wife because she was going to be needed at the end of the story. But Job's wife looked at him and said, Job, why don't you just go ahead and curse yourself and die? That was what the closest person said to him said. It was a mystery. His friends came along one day and they said, we've got to go see our friend Job. We hear he's in trouble. And they went to explain to him why he was going through what he, he was going through. And guess what? They got it wrong. Job said, if I can just have a conversation with God, I'll figure this out. And God showed up, and he began to have a conversation with God. And Job began to stand up for himself. And God, why am I going through this? I've been a righteous man. And God had to stop and say, Job, hold it right there. Do you realize who you're talking to? I'm God. I'm the creator of heaven and earth. I created the sun and the stars and the moon. If you can do that, you go ahead. But don't question what I do. Because I'm God. And I'm in charge. And the Bible says Job put his hand over his mouth. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, God, that I questioned you. It was mysterious. But we look back on it now. Aren't you glad God put the book of Job in the Bible? You know, it's the oldest book in the Bible. But he put that in there. You know why? I think for us. It does my heart good to read the book of Job. When there was a man could go through everything he went through and still stand up and say, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord in the midst of all the struggles and trials. And what God was saying to Job and saying to us is I had a bigger plan in mind. Job didn't know the accuser of the brethren had stood before him and accused God, uh, Job before God. And said, he will not serve you if you take away his stuff. And he still served God. He said, well, if you take away his health, he'll deny you. And he took away his health, and he still stood for his God and did not give in to the accuser of the brethren. And that reason God put that, the mystery of Job in the Bible, was for us. In the midst of all the struggles and trials, we can stand strong. And God at that time, did not tell Job what he was about to do. But at the end of the story, 
He blessed Job twice as much as he had before. That's why he needed his wife around. She had more children. He got more stuff. And he lived a good old age after that, full of health and strength and prosperity. Job was always been a mystery, but God had a plan in the mysteries of the book of Job. Paul felt like life was mysterious to him at times when he would go through what he went through. He went through all kinds of trials. And he said in 2 Corinthians 4, 8, listen to this. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed and broken. We are perplexed because we don't know why things happen as they do. But we don't give up and quit. We're hunted down, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get up again and keep going. These bodies of ours are constantly facing death just as Jesus did. So it is clear to all that it is only the living Christ within us who keeps us safe. He said, we don't know why things happen the way they do. They're mysteries to us. But we're not going to give up on God. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things or the mysterious things belong to the Lord our God. But those things that He reveals belongs to us and to His children. There are certain things that God just keeps in His own heart. We'll never know on this side of heaven. But one day when we get to heaven, we'll say, Oh, that's why you did that. You've gone through some things you didn't understand. Am I right? Maybe you've gone through some things. Boy, you just didn't get it. What is, why am I going through this? Why did that happen? Why did that happen to my family? Why are they going through that? Why did, why did I lose that? And we don't understand yet. There will be a day we get to heaven and we'll say, Oh, that's why I went through that. Or when you get to heaven, you just won't care. Because the things of this earth will grow strangely dim. You know, Daniel wrote about the day we're living in right now, the end times. Daniel chapter 12, he was writing about the end times. He's seeing things that are happening right now. And he began to write about those things. And he says, I do not understand what that means. He saw something, he saw a vision. He said, I don't understand what that means. How will this finally end? And the angel said, go, Daniel, for what I said is kept secret until the end of time. He said, Daniel, what you just saw, we're just going to keep that a secret. That's going to be a mystery until the end of time. Guess what? We're in that end of time. And God is revealing things to us now that even wasn't revealed to Daniel. Even John, when he wrote the book of the Revelation, he saw some things and he didn't understand and the angel would come and explain it to him. And then one time, there were some thunders in the sky. And he said he began to write down what the thunders were. And the angel said, don't stop. Don't write that down. That's going to be a mystery till the end of time, till it happens. And so there are things that happen in the Word of God that are mysteries. Things we don't understand. But we understand God is in charge. Amen? You agree with me? But then there are some maybes, maybes. You know, there are some things in the Word of God that are maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm right. Maybe you're wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. There are just some things that we just don't understand. One of those things is water baptism. You know, a strange thing happened to me one Sunday right here in this altar. I was about to start the service, 
And I looked up, and a lady walked through the door, and she came directly to me. I'd never seen her before. And she stood in front of me, and all of a sudden, she began to rant. She would think, she would call it preaching, expounding the Word of God. She looked at me, and she said, Preacher, how do you baptize in this church? Do you baptize in the name of Jesus? And before I could say anything, she went on this little rant about why you could only, it's only right to baptize in the name of Jesus. You better be baptized in the name of Jesus only or you're not really baptized. And she took a breath and when she took her breath, I said, you know how I baptize? And I said it quick. I said, I baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the glory of God. No, I said, I baptize for the glory of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. She didn't even hear me. She went on a little bit more and then she turned around and walked out. Went to the next church, I guess. But there's a maybe in the kingdom of God. How are we to be baptized? Jesus says when you go into all the world and preach the gospel, I want you to baptize, how? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's what Jesus said. But then you come to the book of Acts. Peter gets up and preaches and says, repent. And everyone, be baptized, how? In the name of Jesus. So how are you baptized? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or in the name of Jesus? Well, let me just say, that's a maybe in the kingdom. Maybe you're right. Maybe that woman was right. Maybe I'm right. Well, that's why I just cover it all. For the glory of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. That's the way to do it. That's one of those maybes. Another maybe in the kingdom of God. And there's a lot of talk about this here recently. When's the rapture going to take place? Is it pre-trib, right before the tribulation, seven years of tribulation? Is it mid-trib, in the middle of the tribulation, where church is going to get right? Or is it post-trib, after the tribulation is over, the church is going to go through the tribulation? When is it? Now, these maybes have nothing to do whether you're going to heaven or not. Water baptism doesn't matter if you're going to get into heaven because the thief on the cross didn't have time to get water baptized, but he was with Jesus that day in paradise. So it's not whether you're going to get into heaven, it's how you're going to live on earth. That's about water baptism. It's also about the rapture, how you're going to live your life. Now, I pray that I'm right. I grew up believing the church is going to get raptured before the great tribulation, seven years of great tribulation. And I pray I'm right. But I may be wrong. So I'm praying that it's before the tribulation. And if it's not then, I sure hope it's in the, at least in the middle of the tribulation. If I have to go through at least three and a half years of it. And if it's not, I'm going to prepare like I'm going to go through the whole tribulation. I'm going to just prepare my heart, get myself ready, knowing that if I go through it, God's going to protect me in the midst of it. So whether it comes pre, mid, or post, I'm ready. It's all a maybe. They've been arguing about this since the New Testament era, since Jesus resurrected. They were arguing about when Jesus was going to come again. And that argument is nobody's going to know the answer till we get to heaven, till it happens that we're going to know. Those are all maybes. And there's other maybes in the kingdom of God. There's mysteries, and there are some maybes, but those maybes don't keep me out of heaven. It will determine how I live my life on earth. I know that I'm going to put myself to go through, and we're all going to go through some tribulation. 
But there is a great tribulation and the great wrath of God, which I don't think the church is going to go through, but maybe I'm wrong. So I'm going to get myself ready. Here's another maybe. Once saved, always saved. Heard that argument? Some people say, well, you can't lose it, but you can walk away from it. You can walk away from it. I've always grown up, I was a good Baptist. I, once saved, always saved. I believe that. I believe what Jesus, he, he, I didn't deserve salvation. He gave it to me as a gift, and he didn't take it back. But that's what I believe. But I told somebody one time, I said, you know, I could be wrong. Why would you want to take the chance to live your life in a way that you think you might miss heaven? Just live your life right with God, right with others. And you don't have to worry about whether you're going to lose your salvation or not. Just live saved. That's the most important thing you can do. That's a maybe. Well, let me talk about some must. Now, this is where I want to focus here just a moment. Uh, there's other maybes. I, I had a list of them here. Whether you worship on Sunday or Saturday, etc. We won't talk about it. How about a Somebody's calling me. Here, I'm in church. Hang on, let me hang that up. Man... Now, they know where I am on Sunday mornings. I can tell they don't know me. That's why they're calling me. Must. What are some essentials? Things we must believe if we're going to go to heaven, if we're going to be a Christian. You've got to write these things down because these are must. We've had some mysteries, had some maybes. So these are must. We must believe the Bible is the Word of God. That's a must. The Bible is the Word of God, and the Bible is truth. This is our foundation of truth right here. It's the Word of God. There is no other truth outside the Word of God. I recently watched a uh, little documentary called Social Dilemma. If you've not seen that, uh, you need to watch it. Every parent needs to watch it. Every preacher needs to watch it. Uh, everyone needs to watch Social Dilemma. It's about our phones, little watches here, our phones, all the social media, those who created it and uh, the fears they have of it right now. Uh, everyone needs to watch Social Dilemma. But uh, Mark, uh, what's his name, Facebook, Zuckerberg, uh, he was before Congress, and they were questioning him. And he says, well, what we need to do is gather in more truth so when people do searches, they will not come up with fake news. They'll come up with the truth. But the problem with that is they can't gather enough of their truth to equal this truth. They're not going to base Facebook and social media upon the Word of God. They need to because this is truth. And everything needs to be weighed through the Word of God. So I just want to tell you, you need, you must believe the Bible to be the Word of God. And it is truth. And anything you hear outside these walls, you hear on social media, you hear on the, the news reports, it better be filtered through the Word of God. And it's important to have the Word of God inside of you so when you're watching the news or you're on social media, you go, oh, 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 oh red flag, go, boop, 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 that's not right. That doesn't sound right. doesn't line up with the Word of God. doesn't line up with the truth. you got to know that. Secondly, we must believe John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is a must. Jesus is the only way to heaven. There is no other way, no matter what we hear today, from all of uh, those that have gotten our attention in the world, telling us, oh, you couldn't believe Jesus is the only way. Come on, there's got to be many ways to heaven. Let people choose their own way. No, according to what? Truth. Jesus is the only way to heaven. We must believe that. We must believe, and this is the gospel, Jesus was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for our sin, was buried and rose again from the dead. We must believe that. That's the gospel. And at the cross, oh, our sins were forgiven. At the cross where Jesus died, when he cried out, it is finished, it was finished. Some people are teaching, even in the body of Christ, that Jesus had to go to hell and suffer and be born again before he could be raised from the dead. That's not in the Bible. That's not true. Jesus finished his work on the cross. His blood was enough. He went to hell. You're right. He did. The place of the dead. You know what he went to do? It says the Bible says he went to preach to those who were prisoners in hell. He went to take the keys of hell and death away from the devil, letting him know he's defeated. I'm victorious. Then he rose from the dead. That's what we must believe. Acts 16, 30, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They answered and said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. The only way to salvation for you Anyone in your household, I like that household salvation. You and your household is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Many came to Jesus and they said, Lord, what work can we do to receive eternal life? Everybody wants to work to get to heaven. The only work you need to do is just believe on me. You believe on me, that's all you need to do. Aren't you glad we don't have to work to get ourselves into heaven? We just have to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's another must. To be saved, that's after you believed in Jesus, and to walk in victory, you must have faith. Walk by faith, live by faith, stand by faith. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that He is rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And where is that faith? The word of faith is nigh thee, even in your mouth. Believe it in your heart. Speak it out of your mouth. The Bible says you'll come in to his salvation. These are some must. These are must that we must believe. And don't let anybody push you off of these must. You must. How do you get saved? I believe Pastor Chris has shared this, and I share it often. How do you get saved? It's easy as A, B, C. You've got to admit that you're a sinner. B, you got to believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. C, you got to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. It's easy as A, B, C. Admit, believe, and confess. I'll just add D here. You become a, become a disciple. 
of the Lord, a follower of Christ, following His Word. One of the last things I want to say is a must. We must know that Jesus is coming again. When the disciples saw Jesus being raised up after His resurrection, He was going up into the clouds. The angels can say, "Why keep looking up there. This one that is going up from you, He must come again. Just like He went, Jesus is going to come again. He's coming again, and I believe it soon. How about you? We must believe that and live our lives like we believe it. Live our lives like, you know what's going to happen when He comes? The Bible says, it says all of us must understand, the Bible says it, you won't turn to it, but it says it, we must understand, we all are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. All of us. We won't stand before the great white throne. If you said yes to Jesus, the great white throne judgment is left to those who've resisted God and said no to Him, refused to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But all of us as believers, we're going to stand before what is known as the judgment seat of Christ. And it's not going to determine whether we're going to get into heaven. It's going to determine what crowns we're going to receive that we're going to lay at the feet of Jesus. This is part two of that message, and I'll come back sometime and preach part two. But what I want you to get today is these mysteries, these maybes, and the must of the kingdom of God. We're living in a world that's just it's crazy right now, isn't it? I would, thought I would never see what I've seen this year. The Bible says in the Old Testament there will be a day when you won't have to ask who knows the Lord. You're going to just know who knows the Lord. You're going to see it by their lifestyle. And I look around today, I don't have to ask who knows the Lord. I can see it by their lifestyle. I came in here today, we took communion lucky, and God spoke to me. I had a fresh revelation of communion. And I want to present it to you today. Because there may be somebody in here that doesn't know Jesus. You haven't said yes to Him. Maybe somebody watching us, you haven't said yes to Jesus. And this is your day. It's a good day to be saved. But as you were taking, leading us in communion, had a revelation, and I don't think I've ever had this revelation before. I was sitting right over here. I mean, I was standing here taking communion, and all of a sudden, it just, I felt like I need to sit down. I, not for I, When I sat down, all of a sudden, ooh, I found out something. I took all the weight off of my legs, off of my body, and I found what I find? I found rest. I was resting, and the Lord said, that's what I did for you at my death. I took the weight of sin. Now you can rest in me. You can relax. I did the hard work. That was a revelation. I never had that before. I found my rest in Jesus. If you haven't found your rest in Jesus, ooh, let me tell you, we're in a time, this is a good time to know Jesus. <laughs> Because you've listened to everybody out there in social, I stop watching the news. Every once in a while, I'll just early in the morning, I'll look at it after I've prayed. I'll look at it and see if there's anything I need to be praying about. But I can't listen to it because there's too many talking heads, and it keeps me focused on the head. And so I just set that aside, and I say, Susan, I can't, I can't listen to the news. She's watching, and I say, okay, I, I, that's enough. I've had enough. I, I don't want to listen to all these talking heads anymore. I want to go talk to the head. 
I want to go talk to Jesus. And there are days I wake up and I say, the only one I'm going to talk to today is Jesus. And if you don't have that privilege, boy, you need that privilege and that honor. And to look up to Him, the author and the finisher of our faith, and hear God say, hey, I've got this. Just trust me. Rest in me. Father, I thank you today for your word. Lord, I'm grateful for the mysteries that I'm discovering day after day after day as I press into you. Thank you for revealing yourself to me. Lord, I thank you for those maybes in the kingdom of God. that We're, we're trying to discern some things, Lord, as we live out in this world. But Lord, I'm so grateful for the must, the things we must believe. We must believe your word is true. We must believe you're the only way to get to heaven. We must believe that you're coming again. We must believe that we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day. Give an account of what we've done as we lived our lives in this world. Lord, for anyone that may be here online today, you're here. You don't know Jesus. He's made it very simple. ABC. Admit. You're a sinner. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Confess it with your mouth. Lord, I believe in you. Forgive me of my sin. Then become a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Christ. If you did that, you do that in this room right now, online right now. You too will be saved. And you'll know that if you died, you'd go to heaven. You know if the church is trapped, you're going with them because you're right with God. Everybody open your eyes. Have me say, I'm right with God. I'm ready for whatever God has in plan. I'm ready for the rapture. Whenever it happens, I'm just going to live my life ready. Practice every once in a while. Oh, you know. Boy, if you don't know Jesus, I'd love the privilege of just being here when you became a part of the harvest of God. So if that's you, don't walk out of this room until you tell somebody, man, I've accepted Jesus. You know, last night in Washington, D.C., Mario Morella preached the gospel. Hundreds of people in what was supposed to be a Christian meeting, hundreds of people walked down in front of him. Hundreds got born again. Somebody on the outside with a bullhorn was making some kind of noise trying to disrupt what God was doing. Mario said, I'll stop that. You're trying to stop people from coming to know Christ. It's not going to work. And he just preached louder and the people shouted more. Hundreds of people came to know Christ last night. Whether it's hundreds or whether it's one, all heaven's rejoicing.